0: You're in the store and there is a little girl just screaming at the top of her lungs and her mother is acting like nothing is happening. The girl has completely thrown pasta packages down on the floor and is throwing the biggest tantrum of all time. And the mom is acting like nothing is happening at all. If you're like me, you're probably like, I know that you hear that little girl screaming, right? Well, guess what? I learned that that is an approach called planned ignoring. And today we're going to talk about how we can use this approach to manage our interpersonal relationships with adults. Stay tuned. This is Dominique Bomonte, and you are listening to Season with Salt the Podcast. It has it has literally always puzzled me how parents can hear their children screaming and be completely non-responsive. I also realized that it's probably a part of my personality type because I am the type of person that responds to everything. And the example that I gave of the child screaming in the store is one of those examples where I, like, I'm the person who is like, Oh my gosh, like answer little Julie, like I'll give will Julia look, even as, as a stranger to be like, you ought to stop that crying. But Everybody's not liking me. So anyway, fast forward to last weekend. I, everybody has like their favorite group chat, right? So I, in my, in my group chat with three of my friends, I tell them that I sent an email relaying some information that I was asked to communicate. And one of the people who was on the email responded with some idiotic response that I was like, oh my gosh, I just, I don't know if I should respond or not. And what I realized is the person was intending to get a response out of me. So I give my friends a little context and I say, I'm not really sure how to respond because I know what this person is up to. So one of my friends who is a behavioral therapist said, in behavior therapy, we have a tactic called planned ignoring, not to be confused with planned ignorance. So a person like me goes into deep thought, like what is planned ignoring and why am I just learning about it? being the young scholar that I am, the term like really piqued my interest. And so I spent like the next 20 minutes like acting like I was paying attention to the group chat, but I was really like in my car googling planned ignorance. And then I ended up watching a YouTube video. And this is what I learned that planned ignoring is. It is the procedure of planned ignoring or rather the the procedure of planned ignoring. It really involves deliberate inattention to the occurrence of targeted behaviors. In other words, people like parents identify behaviors that function as a means of getting their attention and selectively ignore them, selectively ignore them. So I dig a little bit deeper into what planned ignoring is and I learned that it is an extinction procedure. And the the term extinction or extinction refers to discontinuing the rewarding of a behavior that has previously been rewarded. So, in other words, generally, when the child cries, then their need for attention has been responded to. So they learn that the way to get attention is to cry. So the extension procedure of planned ignoring says that I'm going to take the behavior that I have normally responded quickly to and I'm going to ignore it in order To communicate that I am no longer rewarding that behavior. See where I'm, see what I'm, hopefully you see what I'm saying. So, extension is an intervention strategy that has been widely shown to be effective in reducing rates of inappropriate behavior, namely in children. So, naturally, I'm thinking okay, my friend has put me up on this strategy that tends to work for children, but how might I engage this strategy with adults? And so first of all, I think it's really important to think through the ways in which people work to get attention and When I was working in management and had gone through this training with my initial management job, one of the core things that they taught us is that generally when people are doing things to get your attention, the work is really to tap into what their needs are. So Rather than arguing with them about what they are doing. We're taught to get to the bottom of what it is that they need in order to change their behavior. And so as I started thinking about this particular instance that I'm a part of, here's some of the things that come to the surface for me. Some people move through the world manifesting their insecurities. And they attach certain insecurities to you, especially if they feel threatened. And so their need for your attention might not even be really about you. And so when you know what someone's needs are, then it becomes a little bit easier to respond to or appropriately ignore their behavior. Now, this is crazy because like I told you all earlier, I'm the type of person that feels like you always, I respond to every email, I respond to every text. I'm like, well, not necessarily like, you know, if you just text and say hi, I'm bad at that. But like, if if I'm in a confrontational interaction with someone, there will be a back and forth. And so now as I've matured and gotten older, like I've gotten a lot better, but in my twenties, listen, you don't want to send me a crazy email because I will drop two or three paragraphs on you. If I don't like what you said. Anyway, back to this concept of planned ignoring, planned ignoring is supposed to end the practice of rewarding bad behavior. However, There are some critics that argue that it is not the best strategy. And so here's some truths that I was thinking about when I'm thinking about this idea of just planning to ignore someone in order to reverse behavior. You can ignore behavior without ignoring the person, right? Because there's some people that if you ignore them, then it, could have some dangerous implications in the future right so you don't want a child to grow up thinking that you cannot be responsive to their needs if you're in a marriage sometimes it can be dangerous to ignore a spouse, right? Especially if you're in a conversation where there is an issue that needs to be addressed. And so it's important for us to know how do I ignore the behavior without ignoring the person? Number two, we have to give the same strategy to reinforcing replacement behavior. Or we have to give the same energy rather to reinforcing replacement behavior. So it's not enough for me to just ignore you so replacement behavior might include me reinforcing what you're doing by saying if you want me to respond here's what works best for me i hear you best when you just come to me in person i hear you best when you tell me what you are struggling with at the inset of the struggle. I hear you best when I know what I have done wrong so that I can fix the bit. You know what I mean? Do you you hear what I'm saying? Like, I think it's important because for some of us, it can be really easy to ignore people. I don't like you. I'm not talking to you. But that can be counterproductive in a marriage, in an interpersonal relationship, in a group of friends planning a trip. That can be counterproductive. So then how you ignore can be equally damaging as how you respond, right? And so this is one of the reasons I'm I'm kind of just throwing out some things that I was thinking about within the context of what planned ignoring is, because I'm not necessarily saying that planned ignoring is the best possible strategy. I'm saying that it is a a strategy that we need to be thoughtful about. So at the end of the day, planned ignoring is less about the person and their behavior, but more about how we respond to the behavior when, um, when we really have the power to reinforce better behavior through our own discipline. And so the key to managing conflict, whether you use the approach of planned, ignoring or not is discipline, personal discipline. And so because this is a faith-based podcast, and we're talking about more of a psychological approach to dealing with people, I think it's important to talk about what the Bible says. So I'm just gonna give you three examples of how the Bible encourages us to deal with conflict, right? Process, and this is just what I think is important. I think we need to process how we internalize behavior by managing our response time. And so you may not be able to ignore the behavior. There might be some behavior that you cannot ignore. It might be detrimental for you to ignore the behavior. And so take into consideration what James 1 and 19 says, wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak and slow to wrath, right? And so sometimes it's better to ask questions and listen before you respond. Like I said earlier, that management tool that I, I was given when I first started my management journey, everybody has a need and most people are acting out of their need and they just need somebody to assess what that need might be. That, re- that, that requires my brothers and sisters Heeding to James 1 and 19. You've got to be just as quick to hear as you are to speak. And you've got to be slow to speak. And you've got to be slow to wrath. And I love the Bible because it's so practical, right? The Bible tells us, be angry, but sin not. That's discipline. All right, number two, we have to get our thoughts under control. We have to get to a place of peace before, my friends, before we join the other person where they want us to be. Because some people are intentionally trying to take us to a place that is not going to be helpful for us because we're going to respond in the same way that trigger people respond. Here's a prompt to try. When I am triggered, what emotion do I feel and how do I manage them through my thoughts? When I'm triggered, what emotion do I feel and how do I manage those emotions through my thoughts? Because sometimes what we do is, before we approach the person we make assumptions based on our own bias and our own context that really make the situation worse than it really is let's consider philippians 4 and 8 because a part of our ability to effectively manage relationships with other people is how we think especially in conflict Here's what Philippians 4 and 8 says. Finally, brother, whatsoever things are true, start there. Whatsoever things are true. So that's the first question, is what's true about this situation? No, what's really, really true? Then whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So I've got to discipline myself to think positively in my response to other people. It starts with my thoughts, because if I can discipline my thoughts then nobody can steal my peace. If I can discipline my thoughts, then nobody can control my life. If I can discipline my thoughts, then I'm no longer a victim to whatever you know triggers me. Okay? This last scripture that I want to share is from Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. Because ultimately, there are going to be some things that we're unable to do. You're not going to stop listening to this podcast and be like, oh, I'm going to go manage some conflicts. Yeah, I'm going to do it right. It's going to be hard. Here's the key. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean to your own understanding. Right? Don't lean to your own bias. Don't lean to your own context. Don't lean to what you heard. Don't lean to even sometimes what you studied in a book. Do not lean to your own understanding. Verse six, but in all your ways, acknowledge him, even in conflict. Lord, help me through this conflict. Help me to respond appropriately. And here's what the word says. He will direct our path. He will show us through conflict. Verse seven. Be not wise in thine own eyes, don't be puffed up. You might be right, but that doesn't mean that your approach has to be braggadocious and rude. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. So you might arrive at evil, but when you trust in the Lord, and don't lean to your own understanding, and in all your ways acknowledge him, it's gonna be easy to depart from evil. Listen, evil will find you. But the Bible tells us to flee from it. And I think that's really important in our relationships. I think that's really important in our relationships. Were you blessed by this episode? Do you think it would bless someone else? It would really bless me if you share this episode with someone who you know needs assurance of God's promises. Also, I love it if you subscribe to my podcast, Season with Salt, and wrote a review. This helps us to spread the gospel even farther through podcasting. Thank you so much for listening. And remember what God's word says in Colossians 4 and 6. Let your word be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye are to answer every man. Have a great week.